Welcome to the Pinning Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs. We are in full postseason mode now. Uh, we are getting into the nitty-gritty of the college wrestling season. And uh, a big weekend uh, coming up here. Um, we've got the D1 Conference tournaments going on. We've got some uh, national tournaments at uh, other levels. Uh, coming up as well so um, exciting time of year Uh, you know the weather's warming up a little bit Um, but uh, the action's heating up uh, uh, all over isn't it oh it's heating up a lot hey it's 51 degrees out it's heating it's uh, (laughs) warming up quite a bit but that's kind of the the tournament season that's when you know that's what everyone's worked for for their entire lives in some cases you know their entire career Mm -hmm. and uh, certainly for the season but uh, yeah, now it's payday. So yeah, you know, in this, you know, this week is a lot. Um, I think this is a. There's a lot more uh, uh, anxiety, not necessarily anxiety, but it's, it's a lot more tense for everybody because it's the qualifier, right? Uh, if you don't get past this, there is no NCAA's. A little bit of the you know, maybe the edge is lifted once you kind of uh, earn your spot at the NCAA. So you can maybe just relax, hey, we're there now, just go wrestle. But here you have to qualify. If you don't get the job done this weekend, you possibly could not go um, to Tulsa. So there's a, there's maybe a little bit more on the line now than there will be, you know, in a, in a week and a half, two weeks. You're right, and uh, once you have gotten that, that uh, you you know you've qualified. It's like the weight of the of that is off your shoulders, and now you can. All right, you know, let's get it done. You know, it, it, it depends on where you're at. If you're if you're one of the elite wrestlers, now you're looking to, for that title, and if you're a, if you're maybe a, an echelon below that, now you're looking to be an all American or to win a couple of matches or something, or just you know to keep you know, keep going round by round. But uh, you know, and, it's, and we should kind of uh, mentioned that uh, that it's kind of a wave. So like the NAIA has already had their qualifier. Division two and three have had their qualifiers. So they did that last week, the weekend. And then, and then uh, the uh, NAIA's championship is now this weekend. And the qualifier for D1 is this weekend. And then next weekend is the two and three championships followed by the division one championship. So we're kind of getting waves of it right now. And those different level athletes are at those, like you mentioned, uh, at the qualifiers. So we got the D1 qualifiers this weekend. Yep. And uh, let's not forget also, we have the national uh, uh, coaches, uh, uh, women's wrestling association uh, in Cedar Rapids uh, starting Friday. And uh, it's Friday and Saturday at uh, the Alliant energy powerhouse. I'll be down there, um, you know, uh, uh, covering some things from, from that tournament. So uh the thing about that that really kind of stands out is uh, next year the University of Iowa will be in full full swing. Um, so that's a championship that they'll be a part of uh, in the future. You also have other programs uh, across the state that are starting up. Simpson has a, a representative there and, uh, you know, uh, schools like Loris and uh, Cornell, uh, you know, uh, they'll have uh, um, programs that 
we'll have a chance to qualify for uh, for that as well in the future. So uh, kind of looking forward to it. And it's interesting. Just we'll talk about it here in a little bit. Uh, kind of the the four years of uh, this tournament, uh, the way it's really grown. Um, and it's uh, done that uh, uh, exponentially, uh, really. Um, but the Big Tens in Ann Arbor, um, first time since, uh, I think, 2010 um, that uh, Michigan will host the, the Big Ten championships. Obviously, Penn State, uh, a huge favorite, I would say. Um, you know, uh, University of Iowa. Uh, you got teams like Nebraska, um, Ohio State, uh, Michigan. Uh, you would think would would be able to contend for for kind of a top spot, but you know, is this uh, you know is this kind of a slam dunk, kind of going through the motions for for Penn State? I, personally, I think it, it is. Yes, I think it's Penn State's tournament, and then I think Iowa's second then i think it drops down a little bit i could be wrong there there might be a closer gap between iowa the number two team iowa and maybe three and four and five right there uh but every every team's bringing quality wrestlers to the tournament and uh is you know which is why the the big 10 has afforded so many automatic qualifiers and uh um, you know i think the minimum at the weight is seven wasn't it and some of them have 10 qualifiers and and so um you know, there's, there's in one respect, it's if you look at it one way, uh, you know, once they put in the uh, the at large, some place, some uh, weights might have eleven or twelve guys that qualify right. fourteen. So in one respect, it's kind of an easy uh, tournament uh, qualifying tournament. On the other <laughs> hand, it's the Big Ten, <laughs> <laughs> right? So. Right. Um, it's, well, you know, we'll see. I, yeah, I think it's Penn State's to, to, to walk away with, but you know, Iowa's not believing that at all. So it's gonna be fun to watch the Iowa team. Um, oh, hopefully, sure. Hopefully, that you know, Iowa's always had. I don't want to say this, but they've always had injuries and things that have kind of plagued them the last few years. So hopefully, that's not an issue. I don't, I don't think it is right now. So knocking on wood here. They, they, yeah, they've dealt, they've dealt with a lot uh, through the season. You know, Ava Sadness time with injury. Uh, you know, they've kind of had this makeshift lineup, but you know, the comments all the way through that right was, you know, uh, we want to be our healthiest at the end of the season. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why you didn't see certain people in the lineup for for periods of time because they wanted. To, to get to this point to where they were their, their healthiest or as healthy as they can be. Um, and we'll see if that really kind of takes hold. Um, for Iowa, um, you know, the, the pre-seeds were actually released. Um, like shortly, after, we were talking about the beginning of this week, uh, last week during our podcast, and the pre-seeds actually came out shortly after uh, we were done uh, recording uh, last week. Um, but Spencer Lee, Real Woods, uh, no surprise there. They lead the way as number one seeds. Uh, and then you have uh, a couple number three seeds and Patrick Kennedy at 165 and uh, Tony Cassiope at uh, heavyweight. Uh, then you've got Max Murin, number four seed at 149. Um, uh, Jacob Warner, 
and Kobe Seabrecht. Uh, they're the five seeds at 97 and 57. Um, and I believe Ava Sod's the number five seed also at 184. Uh, then you got uh, Nelson Brands at 174, who's the number seven seed with Brody Teske uh, at number eight at 133. If you look at the the allocations per weight class, Iowa in position to uh, send 10 wrestlers to Tulsa, uh, Penn State nine, but of course, uh, you know, the firepower that, uh, you know, Penn State has with the possibility of, you know, five champs, um, right. you know, that's, that really makes a difference. Maybe even six, really, when you look at kind of who the top two seeds are. Um, they've got, uh, I think, seven in the top two, which is pretty amazing. Right. And, and uh, you know, with, I mean, with five, like you said, with, with the, you're coming back where they have four national champs, and, and it's just crazy. I mean, they're they're a good help to it, I think, for the most part. And then, uh, um, you know, so that reminds me and makes me wonder. Remember, the last couple of years, we've watched a lot of medical forfeits once they've gotten to teams have gotten their their wrestlers to the qualifying stage. So, does that take away the desire for? let's just say Iowans to travel to Michigan to watch a, a tournament and then not see quality. And, you know, Hey, I'm not talking about just Iowa wrestlers. I'm talking about, you know, the good matchups throughout the, throughout the course of the tournament. You, you know, we saw how many uh, finals matches that didn't get wrestled last year. So, you know, uh, sure. so hopefully that doesn't happen, but. Well, you know, and that's, that's uh, one of the things where, you know, we'll we'll get into it, but you had kind of a neat little activity about uh, you know people wrestling above or below their seeds, and I'm looking. I kind of I did it the below the seeds for the entire field, not just Iowa. Um, and I'm looking at a couple names, and I'm sitting there going, "Boy, I think he's missed some time." Uh, you know, like like a Kendall Coleman. I, I want to say he might have missed some time. And, you know, what happens with him? You know, if he gets, you know, there's 10, 10 wrestlers at 157 and say he gets to semis and loses, uh, you know, the, does he medic, medically forfeit to sixth, you know, because he's in the top 10, because he, you know, for him, it, it really probably really doesn't matter if, you know, he's, third, fourth, fifth, or, or just ends up sixth. Um, you know, even, even Abe Basad, you know, uh, they take nine. He's had some elbow issues and he's banged up. What if he decides, you know, what if he gets to the quarters, gets into the top six and then decides, you know, I don't want to, you know, we don't want to risk anything. We won't, don't want, you know, uh, further in any further injuries. You know, uh, that happens. We, we've seen it happen. And, uh, you know, yeah, you, you think it might uh, might affect things. And, you know, part of me thinks, oh, you know, people want to see those matches, uh, you know, especially some Kansi matches, which can be exciting. Um, 
And then again, it's like, you know, there are bigger fish to fry for, for those individuals. It makes sense once they have their spot to, you know, do what's safe and, you know, it's better for them in a week and a half. Right. I mean, I, and I understand that. I understand that, you know, protect your, your wrestler, give him the best opportunity to get healthy for the, for the Nationals. We saw that last weekend at, uh, at the Division Three. Uh, mm-hmm. Where Warburg uh, medical forfeited in the finals, they're arguably their best wrestler, uh, national runner-up last year. So he he was a runner-up in the in the uh, uh, regional finals, and and uh, you know easily could have won that. But then what's the difference? He's probably going to be the number one seed anyway, and uh, and uh, he's right. sporting a, a knee injury, and and so needed. I'm sure needed a little bit more time to rest and not give him that chance to make it uh, a worse injury so um yeah so that makes sense uh but you know it's, you're right and especially those you talked about those consolation matches when it's you know the qualifying it's that line that we've drawn you know here's the automatic qualifiers now it's a little fuzzy line because some could go but that now you're at the, at the, at the risk of of the committee picking you or whatever to be that right. large but you know, so you're you, that automatic qualifier. When you get to that line, that's the fun one to watch to see. You know, the, the you know that's the person that's going to be excited to run off the mat. You know, after they qualify, so that's right. What well, do you want to do a, uh, a little activity with uh, some of the wrestlers based on the pre-seeds? You know, uh, the preliminary seeds they really don't change a whole heck of a lot. Um, even though uh, they will kind of kind of go in and relook at them, somebody might change from a ten to a nine or or something like that. But you don't really see anything too dramatic. Um, but uh, who are your top three Iowa wrestlers to finish above their seeds? You think, or okay. most likely to wrestle above their seed? So I think. I mean, obviously, you throw two of them out because they're number one seeds. So now you're <laughs> choices, and uh, you know. So and some of them, or if you're you know a number two seed or whatever, you can you can certainly improve it. So that's that you know that's part of the option there as well. But I think the best chance to wrestle above the seeds in this order, I pick three, are Teske, Warner, and Brands. Those were really? my that order. Yeah. I uh, I actually our first two. Um, our first two are the same. I have Teske Warner, uh, one, two. Uh, the third one I went with was Kobe Seabrack. Um, and the reason why I kind of went with, uh, uh, Seabrack is because, you know, he's, he's shown flashes and I know, uh, you know, I, I know Coleman is sitting in front of him and uh, Saldade from uh, uh, Michigan State, but I could just see him finishing third or fourth, um, not much above his seed, but uh, I don't think anybody is cutting into the top two. Uh, but I think, you know, it's kind of a jumble. I could also see him finishing you know, eighth or ninth too. So 157 is one of those things after you get past Rob and uh, Haynes of Penn State. Um, you know, we've seen Seabrecht uh, beat Lujan and lose the car who both are behind them. So 
you know, uh, you know, Chumbly uh, was a top 10 wrestler for Northwestern when Seabreck beat him. Um, you know, Garrett Modal from Wisconsin's not bad. So that's a really deep weight class, but I just think he has, uh, I think he has a chance to, to move into that top three because I think it's kind of wide open when you get from, you know, three to 10 and three to nine in that weight class. I agree. And then with a healthy Kendall Coleman, he may be able to break that top two or three, uh, one or two, but that's a big question mark. But Seabrick, yeah. so, you know, he loves Seabrick to me is one, not afraid to stand up and throw you. If you get, if you give him the pressure in the, in the arm, he'll, he'll, he'll have some fun with you. And right. two, he's such a great scrambler. He's, he really, it's hard to take him down. Just when you think you make a nice shot on him, he's he's scrambled around and, and got the takedown on you, which is true of a lot of college kids. But mm-hmm. but uh, you know he, he's very good at that, so he could you know take the match into sudden victory or whatever and get a scramble takedown and upset that that match. So that's a good choice. The biggest thing with Kobe Seabrecht is how is he going to be mentally? Not seeing that he's that there's any issues with him mentally. So I don't want it to be misconstrued for anything, but you know, you get to this time of year and, and this is his first big 10 tournament, right? This is his first postseason. Does he wrestle? Is he going to wrestle the same way in Ann Arbor that he's wrestled in Carver Hawkeye arena or during a regular duel, right? If he wrestles the same way, if he's loose and like you said, you know, allows himself to to scramble and, you know, just open things up and wrestle loose and relaxed. Yep. You know, he, he can, he can throw a monkey wrench in a lot of other wrestlers plans, you know, um, he's pretty, if he tightens up, he's the type of, I think he has a style that the more tense and tight he is, the more he's out of what he does best. So if he's loose and relaxed, the sky's the limit. But you know, if he if the situation impacts him, uh, you know that that could make things a little more unclear for him. Right. He's pretty undaunted from what I've seen um, for the most part. But if he can keep a match close, he's always in it. But if someone gets out there and gets gets on their horse and gets some takedowns and maybe even a turn, he's one that could, you know, like all of us, it could be over. So, um, yeah, so that's a good choice, I think. You know, it, and I like Nelson Brands too. I was kind of on the 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 edge with Seabrecht and Brands, just because the way Brands wrestles, he's going to be in every match, just because he. He's able, he's stingy, and he's able to keep things low scoring and keep things close. That if he can kind of just kind of rediscover, you know, that that quick high crotch and get a takedown uh, when he needs it, you know, he can he can make a run, especially kind of being on that lower end of the bracket and get to the quarterfinals and possibly face Labriola, um, you know. I just think he's somebody that can finish higher than uh, seventh if, you know, he can – he's going to be in matches, and if he can find a way to 
to score a, a takedown or two and, and just kind of get back to that high crotch attack. Um, I like his chances too, but you know, he has a, you know, throughout high school, he's had a history of, of being a, uh, uh, you know, a, a tournament guy. I mean, you know, yeah. he, he had a good season going and, and then got to the state tournament and won, won the state tournament, you know, that, in that uh, uh, junior year, was it? And uh, wasn't necessarily the favorite, or is it his? I think his sophomore year. Sophomore year, sophomore year, wasn't it? And because mm -hmm. uh, it was, um, yeah, Xavier, uh, I thought it was going to be. Uh, Lembeck that was going to have a good run at it there. So, um, you know, so there's a guy that's, you know, he's he's not afraid to step up come tournament time. I'm thinking, I'm hoping. Ed, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step ahead on us because we had talked about maybe those, those that might wrestle below their seeds, and I'm going to do it for different reasons. But that being said, so I had the best chance to wrestle below seed, and it's not where I'm picking on guys. It's just that, hey, that could happen. And so uh, with me, I, I had Assad. And I threw in Murin, not because of Max Murin, but because of 149. Yeah, one, 149 is loaded. Oh, my gosh. He could wrestle above, below. Who knows? We'll see. But then I had Assad, Murin, and then I threw in Brands because, you know, he's he can go either way on this because of what you just said. Keeps it close. Does, does it, if he doesn't pull the trigger on that high crotch in his, in his offense, you know, he could – Ball below his seat, so and he's right at that cut line, that automatic cut line. He's the one that's closest to the cut line. He's a seven, and that's the cutoff. So right. if he's one below his seat, he's not an automatic qualifier, too. You know, I think you could put Seabrecht in there for a similar reason with uh, uh, Mirren because when you get from three to three to nine, uh, really. Um, that I think that's a jumble at one fifty seven. So you can finish anywhere from from three to nine in there, and you know, Listen, you wrestle a week later, and it would be different, right? And and you and I have it in front of us, so let's let's just share. I mean, here's the here's the seeds at one forty nine. Number one, Sammy Sosa, Austin Gomez, Yaya Thomas, Murin, uh, Shane Van Ness is fifth, Michael Blackus sixth. Mm -hmm. Graham Rooks, seventh, and Ethan Miller, eighth. And so, I mean, that's a loaded weight class. And geez, it's going to be fun to watch it. So, for sure. And, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, we talked about top seeds and stuff and uh, who might have the toughest uh, road to, to hold that seed, Sammy Sasso, uh, one of those. Uh, we, can, we can share those in, in just a second. Um, my top three, uh, just because I didn't want to, uh, ruffle too many feathers. I kind of went the, the entire whole, uh, field. Um, you know, I'm kind of looking at, uh, uh, Jesse Mendez, number two for Ohio state at 133. Uh, you know, when you look at, uh, kind of who they have on the bottom side of that bracket where, you know, the number 10 seed is Taylor Lamont from Wisconsin. Um, and then you got uh, Heilman from, from Rutgers at the seven that he'll have to face one of those two. And then you've got Lucas Bird from Illinois um, who he'll probably face in the finals. Uh, the one person that I, I guess in that bracket outside of Roman Bravo Young that I think uh, you talked about being tournament guys, right? Um, 
with, with uh, brands. He's had a history of uh, doing that in high school and uh, really rising. Lucas Bird, when it comes to to March, uh, is a tough out for everybody. So um, that's one that I picked. Uh, Liam Cronin, uh, the number two seed, 125 from Nebraska. Uh, you've got uh, Matt Ramos as the number three seed. Then you've got Michael D'Agostino uh, from Northwestern uh, as the sixth seed. And then you've also got Malik Heinzelman from Ohio State as the number seven that are all on that bottom side of the bracket. And the 10 seed is Jack Medley from Michigan. I mean, after Spencer Lee, that 125-pound uh, bracket is um, just as deep as any um, <laughs> as well. So I think that's going to be uh, uh, tough. And then at 174, uh, just kind of picked uh, – uh, Bailey O'Reilly as well, but when it comes to uh, uh, the Hawkeyes, you know, you make some pretty good, pretty good cases there. Well, and the reason I mentioned Assad was injury. I, I don't know where that's at, so that's why I have had it. And and it, that's it, a big question, especially being the the fifth seed, as we mentioned. Um, you know, that could be. If his if his elbow, which I'm assuming that's the the injury, because that was taped up, you know, when he, when he wrestled against Oklahoma state, right. Um, you know, if you get to the semifinals, um, a lose, or you get to the top six, I mean, it would make sense to, you know, to default down to six, you got your automatic berth. So that right there would automatically put him below his, his seed if they did that, uh, as a, as a precaution. Right. And there's, there's, uh, proponents out there that are saying if that they should lose a seed or it should cost them a, some points in the in the uh, seeding criteria or whatever. I don't even know what the formula is, but but uh, you know if it if it gets to portions where a, a whole bunch are doing it, it has been the last couple of years at different and not just in the Big Ten, but in a lot of different conferences. Um, and I, that might be worth discussion, but that's another day. Uh, so uh, you you mentioned. Uh, um, uh, Sasso is as the the number one seed. I'm going to say it this way: most likely to uh, to not win. I guess the number one seed. So mm -hmm. Sasso, just because of the strength of, of the weight class, I mean, and that could go a lot of different directions. So if I had to go another way, I might, for the same reason, pick heavyweight. I, I mean, I feel pretty strong about Paris, but you know, then you the next two are equally as you know. I think they could win it too. So. Sure. Uh, um, so that'd probably be my second pick, maybe 65, somewhere in there with Hamity and, and uh, uh, Amin and Kennedy. So, um, Well, Hamity's, Hamity's the one that I kind of – that was like the, the second, depending on who you might say. Um, Hamity was my number two in that, in that, uh, that classification just because you look at who – like the one – the top seed will face in the semis more than likely the four or five seed. And that's Alex Facundo of Penn state and Carson Karchlow of uh, Ohio state. And, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> those are, those are two tough uh, uh, wrestlers to face. So even before getting to a final against possibly, you know, a mean or Kennedy or, you know, anybody else from that uh, uh, bottom side, if they pull upsets, um, 
you got to get through Facundo or, or Karchla more than likely um, just to get there. I, I think that's pretty tough. So that I think that's uh, one where like 49 uh, is a little bit deeper. Right. Um, and if, if you go even deeper, the eight or nine seed would re, would wrestle the number one seed in the, in the quarters. And the, and the number eight seed is Danny Branigal from. Right, right. So, you know, that's not an easy route road. <laughs> but, not at all. Not at all. So, uh, just one other thing too. What do you think is the uh, the most attractive finals match? What weight class do you think is the most attractive finals match um, uh, possibility? Ask ask me that for sure in the Big Twelve because <laughs> that's. <Okay. laughs> I, I'm going to go really heavyweight, man. I I don't know. I mean, just off the top of my head. I think that no, no, I'm looking forward to 49. 49. Okay. 49. I I think those I think those two uh stand out uh above the rest. Um you know, I I think uh maybe maybe a couple years ago if we had Starachi and Labriola, um Maybe that, but I think right now, I think there's just a bigger divide between Starachi and uh, the rest of the field there at, at 74, um, especially when he's on. But yeah, 149, I think uh, regardless of who, you know, the semifinals there might just be as fun as many of the, the championship matches, to, to be honest with you. Um, you know, you've got some uh, uh, really good ones there. And the same with heavyweight, like you mentioned, you know, don't forget about Lucas Davison either. Um, you know, he's he's a top guy. I, You know, being on the same side as Paris, I don't necessarily think that's, uh, that's a matchup that's good for, for Davison. And, of course, that's a matchup that's not good for 99% of the people that step on the mat with him anyway. But. Um, you know, you've got four of the top heavyweights, not just in the Big Ten, but in the country, um, right there fighting it out. So, right, that'll be fun. And uh, two other things you mentioned semifinals, potential semifinal at 97 is uh, Dean and Warner, the national finals match, yep. and then, yeah, right, right. So, <laughs> and then uh, 185, we failed to mention uh. Uh, the one of the, uh, the the sixth seed is Boone McDermott from uh, Dubuque Wallard. Russell, yep. Boone, nice kid, nice kid. So I wish him the best for Boone. Hopefully he can qualify and and uh, become an All American. Yeah, uh, McDermott from Wallard, and then was he at Iowa Central for a right. year or two? Two, two. Okay, and then then out to Rutgers where he's done some good things. And like you said, number six seed at a weight class where they're taking nine and. You know, you talked about those big four, and then Trent Hilliger from uh, Wisconsin is the five, uh, who, who's a quality heavyweight, then like a top 10 guy. Uh, then you have McDermott and then Tate Orndorff, who's an accomplished heavyweight. So uh, McDermott's done uh, some really good things there and uh, has himself in position to, to get one of those automatic bids to, to Tulsa. Right. So, uh, 
as we mentioned, uh, you know, they're at Ann Arbor. Actually, Ann Arbor was the very first uh, Big Ten championship. Uh, I uh, I was able to cover um, back in 2010. That's why I was I knew uh, what year it was. So um, that was my first Big Tens, and now they're back. Uh, the Chrysler Center up there. Um, they will start. Uh, 9 a.m. on Saturday uh, with the first session. The second session um, begins at 4.30 with semifinals at 6.30. And then on Sunday, the third session, noon, uh, for uh, the start time with consolation matches and then the championship and, and final round because they'll wrestle, they'll wrestle first, third, and fifth all at the same time. Uh, and that begins at 3.30 on Sunday, March 5th. So uh, you can watch that, uh, you know, on the BTN or Big Ten Plus. Um, Big Ten Plus will have the individual mat cameras uh, to follow. Um, and then session two, uh, the semifinals will be on BTN and Big Ten Plus uh, as well. So Sunday, uh, Big Ten Plus will have the, the earlier rounds. And then the finals, uh, you'll you'll have on BTN as well. So, and I'll also throwing a plug for our, our friends and, and colleagues, uh, Mark Ironside, Stephen Grace will be making the call on KXIC uh, AM eight hundred um, out of Iowa City as well. So, um, I don't know for a fact. Sure along. I don't know for a fact, but I'm I'm guessing Tim Johnson will be covering it. You know, our friend out of morning. Yep. We covered it for the Big Ten Network too, as well. So, Tim Johnson, I know Jim Gibbons, a lot of Iowa flavor there, right? And Tim Johnson's been doing this for so long, uh, man, uh, decades, decades where Tim Johnson has uh, been the voice of of college wrestling, really, um, from IPTV days to BTN and. And everything else, uh, ESPN as well. Um, they don't come any better than TJ, do they? No, they sure don't, man. Are and that's they? not even that's not even the wrestling part. He's just such a good person. Um, in addition to his wrestling knowledge and what he does there, right? And he just he brings the excitement. That's for sure. Gibby brings the uh, the knowledge, and TJ has that as well, of course. But you know. TJ brings that excitement and that and that enthusiasm in his voice and his delivery. So, for sure, for sure. Well, let's head uh, let's head southwest, uh, if you will, for uh, the Big Twelve Championships down in Tulsa. Um, this could be uh, maybe the opposite of the team race in the Big Ten, where. This could be really exciting and kind of go down to the wire before we realize who uh, who might come out on top. You know, the team race will be fun, uh, as will a lot of the of the. Um, obviously, it's the it's the the ten battles, the ten weight classes. You know, the battles within those that make the team race fun. But for mm -hmm. sure, I, mean, I don't have a front runner. I mean, obviously, I guess you know the Cowboys and and uh, Cyclones are up there but you know you and i is going to be in the hunt a little bit and in south dakota state and gosh i mean it's going to be fun well looking at the uh the 
the seedings for uh, the two Iowa schools uh, mentioned Iowa State uh, first. Um, they've got seven seeded wrestlers uh, led by number one David Carr at 165. Of course, a uh, big win over Keegan O'Toole um, in the Missouri duel. Kind of solidified that. Uh, and then you've got uh, well, Marcus Coleman and Sam Schuyler uh, as number two seeds at 84 and 285. Uh, Zach Redding, Panero Johnson, uh, the number three seeds at 33 and 49. And then Younger Bastida, the number three seed at 197, which is a, a really stacked weight class on the, the upper end there. Um, and then Jason Kreiser, uh, the number seven seed at 157. Uh, interestingly, Corey Kabamban listed uh, mm -hmm. at 125. He'll be going. He's unseated as well. Surprisingly, Casey Swiderski uh, unseated as well for the Cyclones at 141. And then Julian Broderson unseated at uh, 174. Uh, for the Panthers, um, they had, uh, I believe, uh, six here that were seated, um, led by Parker Keckheisen, the defending, uh, big 12 champ, two-time All-American for the Panthers. He's number one seed at 184. Uh, then Kyle Biscaglia and Colin Real Buto, uh, the number two seeds at 33 and 49. Uh, and then Kale Happel. Uh, the number three seed at 141. Of course, a lot of people remember last year, Kale Happel just missing out um, on a berth to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Cole Bear wrote about him at the beginning of the season. Coming back from uh, that, uh, you can find that at thegazette.com. Um, but he's poised to be able to, to kind of secure that uh, uh, spot the NCAs back down in Tulsa. Um, and then you have Lance Runyon and Tyrell Gordon, uh, the seven seeds at 174, 285. Right. So the Panthers have the seven that are qualified. The, the kicker is that Runyon, who's seated seven, is below the cut line, automatic cut line. So there's Gordon, who's seated seven. He's, you know, he, Places seven, he qualifies. If Runyon places seven, he doesn't. Now, you know, get on that backside, it's kind of rare to land on your seed, but uh, you know, it's because things fall kind of funny there. But, but uh, um, so it's just, it's, I, I, I get that why they do it, they do it, but it just seems weird that here's one teammate that's seated seven that's, you know, in, in the cut line and one that's not. So, you know, if they, if they actually land that way, that would be sad. But um, anyway, so yeah, then uh, then uh, Goldhofer and Yant and, and Glazer, the other unseated wrestlers for you and I. Um, so yeah, they're, it's you know you had a hundred. Let's see, you had uh, basically 140, right? So you got 14 teams in the Big Ten and 10 wrestlers. So 140 wrestlers in the Big Ten. How many automatic qualifiers do they have? For the Big Ten, they have 88. 88, and then. The Big 12 has 64. 64, and they also have 14 teams. Is that right? I, it, it's such a scramble. Uh, 
conference in wrestling. I forget how many there are. Yeah, the way they have some different. Um, you got Air Force in there, and yeah, some non-Big Twelve teams. That um, let me see if I can. Yeah, I think it's it's either twelve or fourteen. So anyway, you know, and. So it's the strength of the conference and the strength of what those individuals have done throughout the year that, that creates those automatic qualifiers. But uh, and actually, the Big Twelve has got has more this year than they had last year. So I, I'm not exactly sure how many, but I know it's it was bumped up due to their success both last year at the tournament and and uh, throughout the season this year. So anyway, I believe I believe. So I'm sitting here trying to count, and I'm sure it probably looks goofy because I'm trying to keep this straight in my head, but I believe uh, the Big 12 has 13 teams here. Okay. We've got Air Force, Cal Baptist, Iowa State, Minnesota, uh, Missouri, uh, North Dakota State, Northern Colorado, uh, Northern Iowa, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, South Dakota State, Utah Valley, West Virginia, and then Wyoming. That's four. Um, I think I just kind of 14. 13. Is it 13? Okay. 13. Yep. I'm, I'm not have too many fingers up. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah, so thir 13 teams uh, in there, just one, one shy of the Big 12, but 24 less qualifiers. And then kind of interestingly, uh, care to guess who the number three, uh, the third, the conference uh, with the third most allocated uh, – NCA bursts are? Oh gosh. Uh the E what's it? The Eastern EIS, whatever it's called. Yep. Is that Eastern it? Intercollegiate Wrestling Association, EIWA. There we go, yeah. Okay. That surprised me a little bit because of how uh good the ACC has been, you know, with uh NC State, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina. I thought maybe uh the ACC would be uh, third, but it's actually the EIWA with 45, and then ACC has uh, 34. So, so uh, let me ask you this. Uh, that reminded me, was it last year that the Ivy League schools were not allowed to wrestle? Or was that two years ago? I think that was two years ago. I think that was in 2021. I was going to say, because that might have bumped up the, the qualifiers there if they were really admitted or whatever. Sure. Well, so with the Big 12, um, you know, you, you wanted to do the same uh, with the top three. Uh, did you top three wrestlers to wrestle above their seed? I did three for ISU and three for you and I. Did you do that or just three overall? I did. I did three. Uh, three for both of them for, for each school. Okay. You want me to go first this time, or? Uh, sure, go ahead. Okay. Well, the first one that I went with is Casey Swiderski, going from unseated. I, you know, I think we've seen what he can do. Um, I don't know if this season was just uh, just a little bit of a grind, but having uh, a couple re couple weeks to to kind of train and just kind of refocus and, and maybe get re-energized a little bit. I like his chances at 141 finishing, you know, anywhere in the top four, anywhere, you know, 
in the top six. Um, they're at 141. Um, the other one, I'll say uh, uh, Derek Holschlag from UNI at 157. Um, mainly because I think 157 is wide open. We've seen Holschlag get some really quality wins this year, and I think 157 is wide open. Um, I really uh, I really think he's somebody that can finish uh, higher than fifth. Um, and then the other one was uh, I'll, I'll go with Lance Runyon at uh, 174. Uh, I think he's somebody that's dangerous if he's healthy. Um, he certainly can uh, uh, catch some people and, and make a run. Um, so I like those three. And then Corey Cabamban at 125, if he's healthy. Um, you know, I think Tarakina would be a, a top two or three seed if he was healthy. And Cabamban's been right there with him, uh, even though he hasn't been in the lineup. You know, I've always kind of thought, based on some – some head-to-heads last year that they were kind of a 1A, 1B type of thing or pretty competitive. So he's somebody, if he's healthy, I think he could finish in the top four or five at uh, that weight class. So I went four. I went four overall. I cheated. Okay, I did it a little differently. I did three from each school. So so I, I got oh, to- Okay, see, that's what- I did too. Okay, so I, I, uh, I misunderstood when you said you went just three. So, I'll just say I had Swiderski, Kabamban, and then Panero Johnson because I think Panero Johnson could could be in the finals. Um, and then you and I, for you and I, I went Holschlag, Runyon, Ty- Tyrell Gordon, just because heavy heavyweight, you stay in good position, get a takedown here or there, um, you can pull some upsets. Well, we weren't too far off the, at all because we're identical for ISU. I had Swiderski. Not seated, Kabamam not seated. The big question mark there is injury. How bad is the injury? Obviously, he's been injured, and they're, maybe they're just giving him a chance, thinking that uh, um, uh, uh, geez, the kid that's been wrestling for him as you know, Pesley. Pesley, thank you. Geez, our CPU guy uh, isn't yeah. isn't uh, um, you know going to be able to do much better than than Corey, uh, an injured Corey. So anyway, then also, and then Johnson, I think Johnson at, at uh, uh, 49 is just, that weight's so so loaded. But I think he can, I mean, I, I, I hope Real Beto is a, a finalist or whatever, but they're going to have to go through each other in the semifinals. So uh, that would be Johnson and Real Beto from, from you and I. So uh, anyway, then uh, for you and I, I had Runyon and Hoshlog, and then I had Austin Yant because I don't know. He's been, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Austin could be if he's hurt. Then you know he's been wrestling. You know, with a with an injury, then that could be a factor. But if he's if he's healed, you know, I think he might be able to. Is in a, he's unseated? I think he might be able to finish up there. But I also had to, uh, I went a fourth one with with Gordon. So I think Gordon could be also one that could do it. Yeah, the the one thing that kind of I stayed away with at one sixty five is just because if you look at um, kind of where they're at, like what you have there, uh, you know, um, when you look at, uh, you know, the Oklahoma wrestler being fifth and then your number six seed is Wyatt Sheets, you know, who is a, is a real 
you know, has a huge upside. I mean, has the ability to to wrestle with anybody and beat anybody. And then Tanner Cook from South Dakota State, you know, and Fernandez from Northern Colorado. That's a that that four that five through eight is a. I mean, that's pretty salty. And I don't know enough about Caliendo from North Dakota State. Um, I don't know much about Hall from West Virginia, but that five through eight group is so tough to kind of, boy, that'd be tough to crack, but. Well, and here's the deal. You get drawn in. I think those, if you're unseated, you get drawn in. So you could, you could land any of those eight, which now puts in, if you don't win that first round, now you're in the backside where, you know, that's a grind coming back to you there. So, you know, and if he's injured, that's not a good thing. So hopefully they're, uh, obviously, any school that has an unseated wrestler is, is hoping they get a great draw that gives them a little bit easier route forward anyway. For sure. And, uh, you know, yeah, so, just as long as you avoid those top two, right? Carr and O'Toole. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> you got to like your chances uh, just as long as you stay away from those two at 65. Right. Now, I'll go first on this one because I don't know how you did it, but, but uh, on the those that – Potentially to wrestle below their seed. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with Iowa State. I did my three there. So I, I had I had Skyler. He's, he's seated second, and I just thought that was an opportunity to maybe not finish quite that high. So he, he was my uh, first there. And then Zach Redding is third. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then you're not going to believe this or not. This is one of my potentials. David Carr. Really? Well, just because, just because of the finals match being right, you know, yeah. toss up with O'Toole. Right. Okay. Do, I think, do I think it'll happen? No, but I think it's a potential that he could wrestle below his seat <laughs> and, you know, be second. So that was, I thought that was, you know, worthy of, since it's a one in the nation versus two in the nation matchup, that potential's there. Even though was, uh, David handled him pretty good in that duel not too long ago, uh, seven to two or three, I think it was. Then uh, for you and I, uh, I had Real Budu at uh, 49. He's second seed. Like I said, he'll be wrestle. He could wrestle Johnson in that mm-hmm. semifinals. So that one could go, you know, this way or that way. And then uh, Biscaglia, second seed. And uh, as much as I hate to say it, I think Apple has a potential to not be a third seed. Hopefully he is. Hopefully he's a qualifier. And uh, all of these guys, hopefully. But but uh, you know, that's that was one that I thought there. So, yep. I'd, I'd have to I'd have to agree with you on on those um, you know the one thing with heavyweight is those matches can go they, they usually are so close that they can go either way yeah. and you know the the margin of error is so short or so small and just, you know, if you're not on, somebody like Gordon could finish third, you know? Right. Uh, he also could not place. A.J. Nevels is somebody that could uh, – well, I wouldn't say Nevels just because Hendrickson is – I think Hendrickson from Air Force is head and shoulders above the, above the rest and probably the best heavyweight outside of – anybody in the top four of the big 10 right right but somebody like zach elam i'll say somebody like zach elam from 
uh, Missouri could be in the finals. Could finish sixth, seventh, or eighth. Just because I think the margin of error, you know, a right out, a right out here, there, takedown. Right. Those those can be the difference. I mean, in heavyweight matches. So, you know, yeah, Skyler could be in the finals. He also could finish sixth. Right. You know, in that group. When when you look at, you know, he had a close match with Gordon, right? Wasn't that a close match at the end of the? Maybe not. No, uh, it was actually with Elon, wasn't it? That he won. Yeah. Well, I was thinking just with Gordon and, and Skyler, you know, they're two and a seven seed, and I don't think the the differential was real, was that. Three to one, maybe. Uh, to that one. big. Maybe. Yeah, so that just tells you, you know, those matches can go either way. Um, so it's hard to hard to really really get good predictions on on heavyweight, but in, in, um, you know, Anderson is fun to watch wrestle. He he's a throwing yeah. heavyweight. He's he's fun. The few matches that I've seen him wrestle, he likes to mix it up. Yeah, he's big big tall kid. That's you know, I wonder how he fits into a, one of those planes. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's a good might be something to ask yeah. um uh, you know but uh yeah so for those i i see that especially real buto as well being the number two seed uh, you know he's missed some time as well so you don't know kind of how he's gonna be um so i definitely see those two um being kind of question marks. I just kind of mentioned the top seeds uh, overall. At 125, you've got Killian Cardinal of, uh, of West Virginia, Dayton Fix uh, at 133 from Oklahoma State, uh, Andrew Alvarez of uh, Northern Colorado at 141, uh, Brock Mahler of uh, uh, Missouri at 149, Jared Franick of uh, North Dakota State at 157. Uh, 165, we mentioned it was David Carr. Uh, 174, Peyton Mako of Missouri. Uh, Parker Keckeisen of UNI, we said, at 184. And then uh, a familiar name to, to Iowans as well at South Dakota State. Uh, Tanner Sloan is the number one seed at 197, which uh, extremely tough uh, weight class, especially those top four wrestlers with Sloan, Rocky Elam, uh, Younger Bastida, and Luke Server. Of Oklahoma State, and then uh, we mentioned Hendrickson of Air Force. Um, their least likely number one seed not to win. Okay, for, uh, first of all, on those number one seeds, two oh. of them are ranked number one in the nation, two of them are ranked number two in the nation, and one of them is ranked number three in the nation. So, uh, wow. uh Alarez from uh, UNC, which is a surprise number one ranked in the nation at uh, at forty one. So, and then and then of course uh, David Carr, and uh, actually three number two seats or number two ranked kids. I forgot about uh, O'Toole, <laughs> but you got o O'Toole and uh, Dayton Fix is number two, and then Kakaizen is number two. So, um, some pretty lofty rankings as well as there's those seeds there. Uh, sure. One other, actually two other mentions before we just. Uh, and to answer the question, uh, Kate DeVos from is uh, oh. is uh, 
wrestling at uh, 174 for South Dakota State. And then here's one I, I bet you didn't know. And it's a six seed, right? And here's one I bet you didn't know. He's the seventh seed at 197, KJ. His name? Uh, Midkiff uh, Mid McGuire, McGuire Midkiff. No, at one uh, from North Dakota State out of Council Bluffs, right? No, at 197. Oh, 197. Uh, and, uh, and anyway, 197 from the Air Force Academy. His name is Kelvin Sun. And here's a connection to Jefferson High School. His oh, okay. Mom and dad graduated from Jefferson, and his dad, Troy, wrestled for me. And uh, so he's now, he's, this, I think he's uh, a junior out there. Air Force wow. Coach. So that's my connection there. So I'm going to keep an eye on Cal. See how he does. Okay. Wow. Cool. I did. I I did that. I thought you were going to mention uh, McGuire Midkiff. Who is he? I don't. Is he not uh, from Council Bluffs. Oh, he is. I did miss him. You're uh, you're right. He's at North Dakota State, seventh seed at thirty three. I missed him. You're right. Yep. Good call. There's the other yeah from uh, Council Bluffs, PJ. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yeah, that was one I overlooked too. When you mentioned DeVos, it kind of uh, rang a bell um, as well. So, I have to keep an eye on on him as well. But that's a that's a cool uh, note about Calvin Son at the at Air Force. We've had we've had some uh, uh, wrestlers from Iowa, like I believe Bart Horton went out maybe out to. Air Force or was associated with Air Force uh, a while ago. Um, I think MFL had a wrestler from, uh, I think, Crozier from MFL years ago, went out to the Air Force and stuff. So that's another Iowa connection out there uh, at Air Force. It's pretty cool. Um, connected to Thomas Jefferson, Cedar Rapids, Jefferson. Right, and the coach is from Iowa, isn't it? Is it the... Uh, is it still? I forget who the coach is now. Let me let me double check. I know there were some changes, um, and stuff. I know uh, uh, Joel shared at one time was there, was there coach? Um, and then I then was uh, Sam Barber maybe there? Yeah, Sam Barber. Yeah, Sam Barber. Time Warburg grad, I believe. If I remember right. Yep. Yeah, Sam, Sam Barber uh, is out there, and I just uh, I just kind of noticed the name that popped up uh, as well that I think a lot of people will recognize. Actually, they've got a, a lot of Iowa connections there. Uh, the associate head coach is Joe Johnston, a uh, former Hawkeye that was uh, an assistant at Missouri for – quite a while and then uh their recruiting coordinator and assistant coach is chris heilman who chris heilman was uh i believe a national runner-up for cornell college um oh yeah at, at one time so um yeah i had to stop off uh at wisconsin whitewater uh where he was an assistant coach of the year um, in the Midwest Regional. Um, actually uh, went to school at Davenport West. Um, 
and then uh, he was a three-time All-American. I think maybe he was the top seed and and got upset, but he was a three-time All-American for Cornell and is from uh, Davenport West. So, yeah, a lot of uh, uh, connection there with the with the coaching staff. And just uh, just want to double check and see where uh, Barber. I want to say he, uh, yeah, he uh, he coached at uh, Augsburg for a little bit. Uh, he was a '95 graduate of Upper Iowa. Upper Iowa, that's it. Upper Iowa. So and uh, spent some time coaching at like Minnesota State Mankato. Um, and it just has a long, long resume, uh, of coaching. So yeah, good, good catch on, uh, the connections with, uh, Air Force there. Okay. So I'll let you answer this one. Who do you think of all the 10 number one seats? Who's the, the least likely to win or the best chance for an upset? Boy. Um, One, I'm going to say at 157, Brainick from North Dakota State. And then I'm going to give my kind of 1B, I guess. And this is just because of kind of how the top half of the weight class is or the top quarter or third of the weight class is. I'm going to go with uh, Sloan at 197 as a, as a number – Two on the list. So first is Franick at 157. And then just because of Rocky Elam, Younger Bastida, who is as good as anybody when he's on. Of course, he's kind of had a little bit of a up and down stretch, especially the second half of the season. You know, and then Luke Serber, uh, you know, is a quality guy. He's he's dropped down from heavyweight a year ago, I believe. Um and, and he's done pretty well. So um, I'll go 197 as a backup to 157 on that. Okay. So as I was going through it, I sadly, I wrote down 197, but then I got to thinking and looking and, and I crossed it out, maybe out of more of my heart. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's so deep, like you said, and anything can happen there. But I want Tanner to win that one. So, and uh, anyway, then. Uh, um, at, but so I, I got to look at, and you heard it here first. All right. You heard it here first at 174. Uh, Romero from you, you, uh, is, is, uh, going to get, or let's say Peyton Mako, sorry, is going to get defeated by Demetrius Romero from Utah Valley in the semifinals. All right? I like, I like that right here. So, uh, I just remember watching Romero last year. He's a long, tall, lengthy tough wrestler I don't if, you know if he's healthy I have no idea I haven't followed him at all this year but uh I think he's going to be all he's my my upset call right there so I think he's gonna beat Mako and Mako's not going to make the finals so okay yeah. I, I I can see that I think that's a good one I know uh Romero I believe um uh talking to him last year um you know he uh He's somebody that works with Ethan Lofthouse quite a bit. Um, and I know that's, uh, 
that somebody that's he's a dangerous competitor. He he really is. So uh I think I think you you're onto something there. We'll see. It'll be fun to watch. So <laughs> so with uh with how things kind of kind of balance out or you know kind of shake out as far as um allotments go or allocations go how many wrestlers do you think i well first off do you think iowa state comes away with a team title oh boy and if they don't can you and i pull it off or or is this something oklahoma state there's so much that can happen throughout the tournament. You know, when we were kind of making our choices, it was tough for different reasons. It was hard to find a, 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 a in the Big Ten, it was hard to find someone that was going to get upset. In the Big 12, it was hard to pick a weight because there were so many good finals matches. I could there was like too many choices besides. So because of that, because of all of the things that could happen, I'm having a hard time deciding on a team. So, no, I'm not even going to speculate. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna say Iowa State comes away with uh, the team title. I'll 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 stand on that perch and and say they do. And I'm also going to say, um, let's see, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I say they come away with nine automatic qualifiers. I think the only spot where they might fall short is 174. Of course, that hedges on how healthy is Kabam Bam. Exactly. You know, so I, I think if he's if he's healthy and can get into the top six, which I think he's capable, um, I say they qualify nine if or nine automatically. If he doesn't, uh uh, they'll have eight. I think you and I and Iowa State each capture one more than they than they're uh, than they're showing uh, on the seeds, and I, so I think Iowa State gets eight, and you and I get seven. Um, and uh, I don't think Kabam Bam is going to do it because of his injury. So I'm okay. going Rudersky as being that guy that that I'm even telling you which one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I like it. I like it. I. Uh, and I and I agree with uh, um, you and I. I don't I don't I don't see them getting anybody at twenty five, um, you know ninety seven. Um, then there's, you know, obviously I like their chances at thirty three, forty one, uh, forty nine, fifty seven. Um, you know. Yant and Runyon are, are on that cusp, right? Mm-hmm. So I think they get one out of two there. Um, I like Runyon's chances a little bit better than Yant's. Um, Kekheisen, of course, and then uh, I think Gordon finishes in the top eight, at least holds his seed. Right. And, you know, obviously we, we want to see you and I with, with as many as possible in eights. Well, both of them. <laughs> So It'd be both, nice to have all three teams with uh, 10 loaded going down to Tulsa, right? Right. And I think you're right. I think Runyon slaps a cradle on someone and 
and uh, was able to wrestle above the seat. So, <laughs> yep, for sure, for sure. He, he might have been hurt a little bit too. I'm not sure. Did he wrestle in the last meet? I don't remember now, but hopefully not. So, uh, any any last uh, comments from those two D1 uh, conference tournaments? Nope. Um, you know, I'm kind of interesting to see some of the other Iowans for other schools like at South Dakota State, North Dakota State, uh, the Cedar Rapids Connection, the Air Force. We mentioned Boone McDermott uh, as well. And I know there's uh, some other Iowans out there um, in some other conference tournaments as well. So uh, it'll be, it'll be uh, fun to keep tabs on them and see how many do punch their ticket down to uh, – uh, back to Tulsa for these Big Twelve schools, right? They're gonna, they're gonna know the way uh, uh, there uh, by heart. Maybe they'll just camp out after the tournament's over. No, it's too easy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, place to do. Um, uh, is there a way to watch it on online, or is that? Uh... I think I think all that's through Flow Wrestling. Uh, let me see if I can find the information. There from the Big Twelve. Uh, well, while you're doing that, I'll touch on on uh, the, the uh, Lower Midwest Regional in Division Three, which is yep, that was last weekend. Nineteen schools, and uh, the uh, ten of those schools walked away with at least one qualifier. So locally, Co had four. Uh, Richardson at one seventy four. Westfall it was it was a runner up. Uh, Tristan Westfall was, was uh, at 184, was uh, was uh, third. And Jared Voss, our Russ Delaware connection, and one of our young referees, good guy, was third at 197. And then uh, Caleb Reason was a champion at 285. So the top four weights are going for, for Co. Cornell, I'm proud to say this, uh, Cornell's first qualifier since 2018 was Jacob Scherzer. That's my last coached Russell. Wow out there so i'm really proud of jacob at 174 he was third uh university of dubuque kind of wrestled had a great tournament uh at the, the brothers uh, coots that evidently have transferred from ohio state uh russell 25 and 33 and both qualified 25 oh, wow. third in the in the uh 33 pounder was second and then their their heavyweight yellow was uh was second and uh in a short match against reeves I don't know if you were watching that. So, I think about a minute. You know Reeves; he's a throwing machine. So, anyway, and then uh, uh, Luther qualified two at one forty nine. McDonough was third, and at one eighty four, Donovan Corn, who I've kind of criticized—not criticized, not criticized qu uh, questioned a little Question. bit uh, as to whether he should have cut from ninety seven down to eighty four, but he proved it. He was a, a runner up there, and. Uh, to Shane Legal, you know, and they're also in a pretty, pretty decent match there. And uh, so, you know, he, he, now I'm going to rescind everything I said. It seems like it's been a good move for Donovan Cormier. Loris had four uh, uh, um, qualifiers. They had two champs and Pfizer at, uh, at 165 and Legal at 184. And then uh, Smith at 157 was, was second and Kincaid at one. The 41 was was third 
Um, I think Dolores has to be a little disappointed. I'm, I, I maybe Co as well with just four. I, I'm guessing they probably wanted more. Uh, Warburg had seven qualifiers. Pins at 133 was third. Tarakina did a medical forfeit and uh, it was probably a smart move. Um, I'm sure he would have won the match if it needed to be for their team title. He could have wrestled, I think. But uh, so they're just kind of protecting that. I, I think it was a knee, if I remember right. And, uh, um, and then they had uh, four champs. Chris Rump at 49, uh, David Hollingsworth at 157, Mulder at 74, and that ending, uh, ending at 180, 187 were all champs. And then Fuller at 165 was third for Warburg, who won the team title pretty handily. Uh, so just to backtrack uh, with the Big 12, um, they have a uh, Streaming uh, by the Big 12 Now, which is on ESPN Plus, uh, and the finals will be televised on ESPNU um, oh. on uh, on Sunday. So um, you'll be able to check that out there. Of course, uh, uh, track wrestling um, uh, will have uh, matches and, uh, of course, uh, you uh, and I actually has a, a meet hub that you can uh, uh, go and check out um, uh, everything that's going on at you uh, and I panthers.com. So cool. So a lot of coverage there for the uh, big 10, big 12 uh, championship. So uh, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of different uh, uh Ways to be able to catch that action, right? And we kind of breeze, kind of breeze through Division Three because we can talk about that next week when it's, when it's their national. But just wanted to mention the qualifiers, and the same with Division Two, uh, Upper Iowa, which is uh, uh, our only Division Two school, um, right. had four qualifiers um, at one one eighty four. Colton By was was second, and then they had three thirds. In Tate Murdy, Eric Fott, and Chase Loonsman at 141, 57, and 65. So uh, good luck to those guys in there. Be wrestling in Cedar Rapids so we can we can uh, jump right into the powerhouse and, and watch those guys compete. That's on March 10th and 11th. Yep, uh, the D2 championships. Uh, for Lensman, uh, the former Monticello prep, it's his third uh, NCAA berth uh, there. And like you mentioned, uh, uh, March 10th and 11th at the powerhouse in Cedar Rapids uh, for that championship. And it'll be the second, uh, uh, the second uh, uh, national championship tournament or national championship event uh, in two weeks here at the, the Alliant Energy powerhouse. Uh, it's going to host the national collegiate women's wrestling championships. Uh, this Friday and Saturday, uh, of course, uh, for, for people that don't um, know without the, the NCAA actual championships for, for women, uh, this is kind of, this kind of takes that place. This has schools from uh, all over the country in different divisions as well, where you have, uh, you know, a D1 program like Lockhaven. Uh, in a D3 program like Augsburg and, and Simpson College has uh, one qualifier that uh, that will be there. You've got D2 schools 
uh, in the mix as well. And, you know, uh, powerhouse uh, McKendry University, part of that field. Um, so a lot of great women's uh, uh, wrestling action down there. Um, you know, and we were talking about this beforehand, kind of the precursor, because this is where the University of Iowa women will compete until things kind of further with the emerging sports status at the NCAA level. Um, but this will be something that the University of Iowa and Clarissa Chun uh, will be a part of in the future as well. So some some really good action down there. Right. And I'm, and I'm really glad to see that this tournament is being held in Iowa this year with the with the uh, uh, first year. Very timely. Not sanctioned in the state of Iowa. I mean, just timely. And, you know, we, we've doubled more than doubled our participation in the girls. So hopefully that there will be some some families that want to take their daughters down there to watch uh, the, this level of wrestling to see if they want to aspire to wrestle at the, at the collegiate level. And and uh, so I think it, hopefully it will bring a, a nice crowd down there. Yeah, and, you know, really uh, just want to talk a little, you know, the, so this event is only like four years old, and I'm going to reference um, uh, Kyle Klingman um, posted something uh, at flowwrestling.com. And, of course, Kyle Klingman, uh, a great historian of the sport that works uh, uh, a lot with the Dan Gable Museum uh, up in Waterloo, uh, National Wrestling Hall of Fame there. Um, but he did a lot of research on uh, kind of the the teams in, and how this tournament has advanced. One thing that we should know, uh, I think a lot of people that are watching this know this fact, but in case they don't, uh, the women wrestle freestyle, not folk style. So... Um, you know, that's something to kind of keep in mind with the, um, the event. But the way things have grown over the years where in 2020, the first year, there are 19 programs or, or teams that were represented in this championship event. Uh, that modest little jump the next two years from – uh, 19 to 21, a little bit bigger from uh, year two to three, 21 to 30. And then now this year, there are 37 programs that will be represented at the national by at least one wrestler. Um, so you're looking almost doubling, just about doubling over the four years. So, so that's a good sign uh, as well as far as those programs. And we know that there are a lot more kind of on the kind of on the verge of taking that that step from it being announced that they're uh, starting a program to where they'll be competing too. So I expect that number to jump again uh, between 2023 and 2024. Right. And it's interesting to me that there's some folks out there that are that are going, you know, within our state, and you know, I guess it's deservedly so because it's the first year that, that's been sanctioned, but it's not like it's the first year of girls wrestling. Girls wrestling's been around for decades. It's been an right. old sport since the 80s. Is that right? The 80s or whenever it was started, but for decades, yeah, you know, come on, people, wake up. There's some great, great wrestling. I've said it publicly on this forum that 
I love watching the girls Olympics more than I like watching the boys. I of course love the guys, but, but uh, right. competitive and out, out trying things. And it's just, it, that's fun. So come on down and watch it. You're going to see some great wrestling. Uh, and it's kind of interesting too. This is just a little bit of a, uh, just kind of a, I don't know. Maybe it's something, maybe it's, it's nothing, but you know, it's not as even though there's a, a a strong centralized you know midwestern feel to it right where you've got a lot of programs that are in the midwest but you know you you've got uh you know schools from texas that that are involved you've got teams from out east like a uh, uh lockhaven you know you've got uh Colorado Mesa from out west. Um, you know, you've got teams from all over pretty much, even though it's not just the, the Midwest field, even though a lot of them are, are from the area. But, uh, you know, you've got, you know, Sacred Heart. you got Presbyterian, which I think is in uh, the Carolinas, um, you know, that just started a, they're they're actually a D one program, I think. Um, you know, with Sacred Heart and Lockhaven. Um, you know, so you've got that level, and then you've got Simpson, the North Central. Um, you know, Augsburg. We mentioned uh, Aurora, Illinois, um, Delaware Valley. Those are D three schools, and then you've got Gannon and King and Lindenwood, uh, McKendry. You know, schools like that that are uh, D two schools. So you've got this representation from all over uh, and at different levels too. So uh, I, I think that has the makings of, of something that are really entertaining people. And you know, it, if you have somebody, if you have, it doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl. Go watch, yeah. go watch because I guarantee you, it's going to be something that. Uh, they they enjoy right for sure i mean great quality how about and you? one one quick thing that i, I kind of want to mention too uh or two things really quick uh some of the favorites kind of coming in um this is you can teams can qualify up to 15 wrestlers right um north central and king out of tennessee King University out of Tennessee, uh, they've each qualified 15 wrestlers. They're some of the favorites uh, coming in. McKendry, who's won the team title the last three years, they have uh, 10 qualifiers, uh, including four returning national champions. So uh, should be a fun uh, team race as well. Um, and there are some local connections with some of the programs. Uh, if you remember, uh, you know, Simpson's uh, uh, program is coached by Jeff McGinnis, uh, the former uh, four-timer from Iowa City High, two-time national champ at Iowa. Lindenwood is coached by Mike Mena, who uh, is from the University of Iowa, helped uh, Coach McGivern at the uh, University of Dubuque in the past. So he leads the uh, Lindenwood Lindenwood program out of Missouri. And then another name that caught me by surprise, Elijah Jeffrey, uh, the former state champ at Linmar, who wrestled at Northern Illinois. 
he is the head coach at Chadron State, and he's got four qualifiers in the field. So kind of interesting connections there uh, with some of the coaches come bringing wrestlers in. Right. Elijah was uh, <clears throat> in our bad boy program for a little while, I believe. And uh, his, his mom was the, is the uh, C, oh, C, what do they call them? Uh, the, uh, the resource officers. Uh, yep. Yeah. Washington, I believe. He was at Jefferson and then Jefferson. at Prairie, I think. Oh, okay. So very nice. Uh, very nice. So, yeah. So good luck to the, that, those connections. That's neat. So they'll start here uh, Friday morning, I believe, at uh, 9 o'clock uh, for that first session, Friday morning. Um, it'll be Friday, Saturday. Um, and then you mentioned the NAIA uh, uh, National Tournament. Uh, Grandview uh, qualified 12 wrestlers uh, to the tournament. This is 65th uh, uh, NAIA National Tournament will be held uh, the third and fourth down at Hartman Arena in Park City, Kansas, uh, which I think is in the Wichita area um, there. So, uh, you know, the Vikings are are loaded. Um, you know, I kind of expect, uh, uh, you know, them to come away with another, another title going ranked number one. Um, they're led by uh, returning national champs Esco Walker at 125 and Israel uh, Caceres at 157. Uh, they also have final returning finalists in Marty Magolis, uh, Ben Lee, and Greg Hagen, who I believe is a former West Moines Dowling prep. And then Carson Taylor, who is from Fort Dodge, uh, Shea Ruffridge uh, from Pocahontas, uh, Isaiah Llewellyn, and uh, they all had they got third last year, but then Owen Braungart is back, uh, who finished fifth. So the Vikings uh, uh, loaded for another run. Right, and and the way I look at it, it's theirs to lose. I mean, they're they're ranked number one and should be. Uh, but we know we saw that was it two years ago that they got upset by life, and uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, so we thought they were gonna, two years ago they were going to walk away with it and did not. So who knows, you know. Um, Grandview does have five number one seeds, four number two seeds, and a number three seed. So 10, 10 of their wrestlers are in the top top three seeds and nine of them are in the top two. And uh, just for reference, Life has two number one seeds, four number two seeds, and two number three seeds. So there's only eight in the top three. Um the interesting thing is for me was, you know, you can bring two wrestlers at two different weights or you can bring 12 wrestlers. And I guess it maybe you can even go three and in, in nine weights or whatever, but anyway, they have two at 157 and two at 197. The, the 57 pounders are ranked one and two. So are, are seated one and two, sorry, not ranked, but seated one and two. And, and uh, um, you know, we've seen that before where they've wrestled each other in the, in the national finals. You know, uh, just kind of looking at some of the other qualifiers, uh, Morningside, uh, they actually uh, are taking a huge contingent down. Uh, they have 11 qualifiers um, heading down there. Of course, uh, one of the names you might recognize, uh, 
uh, Hunter DeYoung um, out from Northwest Iowa, um, a qualifier uh, at heavyweight for uh, Morning uh, Morningside, one of their uh, two qualifiers at 285. Uh, Briar Cliff, who actually is in the Sioux City area as well, uh, they have uh, three qualifiers. Um, Graceland has uh, four in the field um, as well. Iowa Westland, uh, coached by Jake Cadle, uh, former uh, Iowa wrestler. And, of course, you'll recognize the, uh, Lane Scorpel um, qualified at 125 for, um, for the Tigers. And then uh, William Penn also has four qualifiers uh, as well. So um, some good representation from the state of Iowa and the NAIA programs uh, heading down there. One of the things that isn't really locally um, connected, but something I just kind of want to make reference of, uh, thanks to the research by uh, Jason Bryant, um, who. Uh, you know, you'd recognize Jason's voice. He's the uh, announcer in a lot of the, the national tournaments and various tournaments across the country. Um, he also has uh, his uh, Matt Talk uh, uh, podcast as, as well. But he did some research on the longest winning streaks in college wrestling history, which uh, expands the entire uh, uh, all levels. Uh, of college uh, and, and men and women here. Um, and the reason why we mention it is uh, Doan College, who happens to be uh, uh, coached by, I think, a former Iowa State um, uh, wrestler and, and coach, um, Dana Vogt, who actually was an assistant at Buena uh, Vista for a long time. Uh, he has a wrestler. Um, named Bardeen, Badardeen Boldma, goes kind of by uh, Boggy. Um, he has won 97 straight matches for, uh, for Doan. Uh, so he enters in with a chance to reach, just to become the sixth wrestler all time uh, to win 100 straight matches at the collegiate level. Uh, obviously, we were talking about the, the names on the list beforehand. Uh, Kale Sanderson, number one at 159 uh, in a row. Uh, a four-timer for Augsburg uh, at the D3 level, Marcus Levesser. Uh, he won 155 in a row. Uh, Joey Davis, who wrestled for Notre Dame College, D2 school. Actually, I'm pretty sure... He wrestled in Cedar Rapids during the D2 National Championships here one year. Uh, he won 133 in a row. Then you had Emily Webster of Oklahoma City University uh, on the Women's uh, uh, Coaches uh, Wrestling Association. Uh, she won 118 in a row. Daniel uh, Igali of Simon Fraser, the NAIA level, won 116 in a row. Uh, so... Uh, Boldmark could uh, uh, reach that century mark uh, this weekend. Some other names on the list that he's actually passed uh, 
Steve Nabas from uh, Fresno State, Zane Rutherford from Penn State, who had won 95 in a row uh, at the D1 level, and then Dan Gable uh, won 94 in a row uh, for Iowa State uh, back at the university, uh, NCAA University Division um, back, uh, back in the day. So uh, looking to enjoy uh, – for him to join – uh, some pretty elite uh, company in college wrestling. I've heard of a couple. Of, I've heard of a couple of those names on your <laughs> A few of them. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's something to to kind of keep an eye on. An interesting note for this weekend at the NAIA, as well as you know, Grandview looking to uh, extend its um. Dominance, yeah, that's really the only word you can really say about it. Uh, dominance on the uh, NAIA level. And speaking of Grandview Wrestling, one other thing to note too that uh, uh, the women, uh, the Viking women's team, they had their uh, uh, conference championship, <laughs> the Heart of America conference championship uh, last weekend. They won. Uh, they beat Iowa Wesleyan 191 and a half to 148 and a half. Of course, uh, uh, Jake Cato also uh, uh, coaching on the women's side of things as well. Um, but uh, Grandview is sending uh, 12 wrestlers to the women's championships. Now, the NAIA is separate from the, the NCWWC. Um, the NAIA has their own national championship as well. So, uh, that is actually uh, next week uh, in Fargo, North Dakota. So Grandview sending 12 uh, uh, to that um, national championship on the women's side um, as well after winning their, their conference uh, tournament. So that's well, something to look forward to. And it's actually their third conference title in a row. Um, as well. So they're pretty dominant as well. So I don't know if you're, you can see it or not, but what, what we see is your screen behind you. And I have to tell you, I just recently did indoor golf for the first time. And I, I just want to get my club out and hit and see. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> <laughs> so there we, there you go. We're getting closer and closer to golfing, uh, golfing weather <laughs> for sure. So, yep. Uh, one thing, uh, just to add about the uh, uh, women's uh, uh, the Heart of America, um, uh, women's tournament, um. Uh, wrestling coach, uh, the assistant coach of the year was from uh, Grandview, uh, Arliss Vallis. Um, and then uh, co-freshman of the year was Katie Campbell, um, who's from Crawfords Crawfordsville, Illinois. So uh, she, uh, she was a first teamer, as well as Jazz Alexander, Alexis Gomez, and Abby McIntyre, Abby McIntyre from Glenwood, Iowa. Um, awesome. So I think that uh, 
that gets us ready for for this weekend and the qualifiers and the, the national championships that are here postseason uh, getting underway. Yeah, like like we started with, it's exciting. Here we go. We're in the middle of this kind of wave of national tournaments and qualifiers. Yep. So you can get to Ann Arbor or, or Tulsa, um, enjoy the wrestling there. If you're hitting the road, uh, if you're staying locally, come down to uh, uh, the Align Energy Powerhouse for uh, some some great uh, uh, women's wrestling that will be held down there uh, Friday and Saturday. And, of course, you can stream a lot of things online and, and everything. So uh, thanks for joining us again this week. We'll be back next week to, to kind of look over uh, the happenings from this weekend and and uh, another round of postseason action. So, as always, thanks for, for watching and following along with us. Coach Briggs, why don't you take us out? Let's keep wrestling on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.